Hey there, it's Melinda from Hope When There Was None. I am a survivor of both childhood abuse and later domestic violence. I've been free since 2009 and have been sharing my story and much recently sharing stories from others in order to inspire, empower, and educate. So if you found any value in any of these episodes, please do me a favor and share. Maybe somebody needs a dose of positivity to know that they're not alone. My goal is to break open the darkness and to let there be light. Have a great rest of your day and thanks for tuning in. Bye. Hey, there's Melinda coming on this Teachable Tuesday to talk about domestic abuse or all things related to abuse. So let's chat about, are you in danger or do you know if you're in a toxic relationship? And I know that sounds funny because how could you not know? If you grew up in a situation where there was violence or abuse, you might not notice, or maybe you had a toxic parent that um, maybe they never physically harmed you, but that that scathing tongue lashing that you might have gotten, or maybe you're the black sheep, air quotes, of the family, even though you didn't do anything. So I don't know if that, any of that sounds familiar to you, that maybe someone's singling you out when you're growing up, but that does happen. So let's talk about what you should look out for. Now, if this person says that you are just never, you're clumsy, you're worthless, you never do anything right, that's a sign. So I'm going to give you a 1 to 15, and actually there are more, but here you go. They are jealous of friends, family. Anytime you are with them, they are just like, where are you at? When are you coming home? Or they might not let you go. Okay, and again, this is anybody. This isn't necessarily an intimate partner. They can keep you or maybe they, um, also this goes hand in hand, keep you from seeing those friends. They might say, you know what, those friends, they aren't for you or your family. They just hate you. They're just jealous. Whatever they need to say to keep you apart from your friends and family that they will do. You are, you feel condescended. This person, when you're at a party or gathering or just out in public, they can embarrass you. They shame you. They might do, you're the joke, you're the butt of jokes, constantly putting you down. Also, they can control your money, your finances. Perhaps you're a teen and your parent is demanding your check so you don't see a penny. Maybe you are a, maybe you're on disability and your partner wants your disability check. You just have to sign that over. You've never had a credit card, debit card. You don't have a bank account. This person has that control. You want to use money for groceries or something. You have to have every penny accounted for. They also give give you this kind of glance or look or their body language is something that suggests to you that you are pushing your limits. Okay, so maybe you're at this party. You're laughing, having a good time with somebody. Well, your partner doesn't like that. And so they just give you that look. And you know what I mean. They give you that look. And so you immediately clam up. You know you're going to get in trouble possibly when you get home or whatever it is. It stops you from whatever it is you're doing. It just scares you. They are very controlling of what you wear, who you see, where you go, and even things you do. They might even prevent you from making decisions. And I know that sounds weird, but they can do that. They can. And now this, if for somebody that's just listening and you're scratching your head and like, oh my gosh, this does not happen. It does happen. 
and it's subtle. So when this person is trying to get into your life, and again, this can be a friend. This isn't necessarily intimate partner. This could be your mom or your dad. I hope you know where I'm going with this. This isn't just that intimate partner. I'm going to say that again. It's not just an intimate partner. This happens very, very subtly. Now, if you grew into this, that's a little bit harder. But if it's somebody that you just met at an office party or during coffee or on a date, it happens subtly. It's not like, boom, bam, okay, I'm in charge of you now. It doesn't happen that way. It's so slow and so subtle that pretty soon you're, you're in it and you're like, whoa, wait a minute, how did that happen? So they can control you, what decisions you're making. Maybe they say, oh, that's stupid. Why are you going to do that? That's just dumb. Maybe you want to go back to college. Oh, well, you are just worthless. Why would you go? You're so stupid or you're dumb. They're going to go ahead and say that anything, anything that they can to put you down or cut you down. And so you decide, no, I guess I can't go there. Or no, maybe that was a dumb decision. So you start questioning yourself. Now, this person also may destroy your property your personal property. Maybe you had a favorite blanket, a stuffed animal, diary. They might even threaten to harm your pets or kill your pets or hurt somebody that you love or kill somebody that you love. They might intimidate you using weapons. That could be a gun. It could be a knife. Actually, it could be anything. My ex used to threaten me with power tools, with a hammer, with a screwdriver. He would hold knives up to my neck. So up to my throat, saying that he was going to kill me, or he would hold that knife up to my throat. If the kids were in the room, he would tell the kids, your mom better act right. Otherwise, I'm going to slit her throat. Now, this person all also might use sex as a weapon. So they might pressure you into having sex with them. Maybe you don't want to. Maybe you physically can't. They might do things or suggest to do things. I shouldn't even say suggest because they're going to demand that you do things that you don't feel comfortable with. You might say no, and they're going to do it anyway. They could also pressure you to use drugs and alcohol. And you might be like, whoa, wait a minute. Okay, the last few, how can they do that? Again, this is so subtle. They can do it in such a way that you just feel like I have to do this or, or else that or else might be a threat of violence. It could be threatening to harm somebody else. If you are using that drugs and alcohol, perhaps it just starts with one drink or maybe it just one hit and on that, um, maybe on that joint, something like that. And that's all it takes. Then they might even use that. Let's say you were filmed or you had uh, taken pictures with your partner in the bedroom that were rather risque. Even though you didn't want to do it, they took pictures of you anyway. And maybe they did that without you noticing. They could have also did the, something to where you took that hit on that joint. And then all of a sudden, now they're going to tell somebody. So that's the same thing with the sex. They could, in those pictures or video, they could use that against you say, hey, I'm going to release this unless you do X, Y, Z. So these are just really subtle signs that perhaps you are. These are red flags that you should look out for in a relationship. And again, there are more, but this is something that you can really start to think about like, whoa, wait a minute this. And even with your partner using the drugs and alcohol, are they using it? Are, do you feel safe 
in their presence? Do you feel that you can leave your child or your fur baby alone with this person? Is there any doubt or fears that you might have? Is there an intuition that you might be putting off? Okay, because there is there is that. And I know I can attest that I had those moments where I did not want to leave my children alone. Not at all, especially when their babies are younger. I did not want to leave them alone. I couldn't trust my ex, so I very rarely left them alone with my, um, with my now ex because I didn't trust him. I didn't know what he was going to do. He did not like the kids crying. He'd always be yelling at them to shut up and, or for me to tell them to shut up. And if you got a, like a, a few day old, they don't know how to shut up. They're just babies. But those are the things that I really want you to look out for, to really think about, think about hard. Does any of this resonate with you? Have you went through any of this? Or do you know somebody that's enduring this right now? And I'm not going to push you to leave. I can't do that. You will know in your heart, in your heart of hearts, when it's time to leave. But I encourage you to reach out to a shelter. There is a domestic violence hotline that's at um, thehotline.org. There is also a 24-7 phone service that is 800 799 seven two three three and then also if you need tty it's 800 787 3t excuse me 3224 so these numbers are for you to look out for uh, if you need to talk there's also 988 if you're feeling really depressed and suicidal there are there is domesticshelters.org if you need to find a shelter in your area if you just need to talk and you're like, Melinda, I don't want to talk to them, and you just need somebody that, and most of the time, many of the people at the shelters have had a past. So there are some survivors there too. So you can talk with them. I am happy to talk with you. My phone number 219 819 0608. 219 819 0608. I am not an attorney, I am not a counselor or a therapist. I am just somebody that's been there. I understand the fear. I understand the worry. And is it going to be rainbows and unicorns when you leave? No, no. And I'm going to be honest with you. I had thought that it would be so much better after I left. And it was. Don't get me wrong. But there there were moments that were scary. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. It is difficult. There is always that fear you're going to lose your children, that you're going to lose your home. Are you going to be homeless? Are you going to be ashamed or embarrassed by your community, your friends and family? Are they going to take that person, that abuser's side? You just don't know. And the thing about that is you have to have I I would think some level of faith and I know there's many people that aren't Christian or religious for that matter. And that's okay. I'm not just wagging my finger at you, but I know you have to have some sort of faith in the universe or whatever it is you believe that things are going to work out for your, your best, your best outcome and situation. Think smartly Try to think about what your partner is going to do. If you are in a situation where you know you want to leave, start the process right now with gathering your information, gathering that those bills, financial information, seeing an attorney before your, your 
not X, before that person does. You can do that on a slide. Many attorneys do have either a sliding scale or they have a situation where they can do pro bono work. Look at your local bar association for that. Please contact them for whatever state you're in or community, or if you're across the sea in another spot that's not the U.S., reach out to somebody in the with legal legal aid or something that can help you. But no, it is really tough. This person more than likely is going to sling whatever mud that they can on you. And it might not look like that in the beginning. They might be okay. And I pray that that's what you find, that you don't have somebody that is just ruthless and mean and cruel, that you find somebody that's like, okay, yeah, you're right. We need to separate. And they sign whatever they need to sign. And then they're out of your life. I hope that that's true. But on the off chance that it's not, please be prepared. And nothing really prepares you for this. Nothing prepares you for the abuse. Nothing prepares for you prepares you for the abuse after you've left that abuser. Yes, you will still be abused by your abuser. They're going to find other creative ways, whether it's turning your children against you, turning that family against you, your friends. It could be that they get this attorney that is so badass that you are just left reeling with nothing. Okay, maybe DCS, CPS, or whatever legal system comes in, the uh, Child Protective Services come into your situation because your ex says that you're abusing the kids. There is a, a fine line of showing emotion that you have to have as well. You don't want to seem cold. You don't want to seem that you're uncaring. But you also don't want to be over the top to where you're screaming obscenities at these people. You don't want to do that as well. You have to remain as cool as you can. Keep notes. Please keep notes of any interactions you have with this person. If you have a protective order, yes, don't laugh. It's a, pretty, a piece of paper. Does it solve everything? No. Are there women and men that do get hurt or are killed even with a protective order? Yes. But... Will your partner just ignore the protective order and still come at you or after you? There's a high percentage of yes, they will. So what can you do? Protect yourself. I used to carry a mace. I also would have, make sure I'd have a broom that was really close um, in my home. I made sure I was on the top floor just and that are um, in the apartment building that I was at, I would maintain also distance when I was walking to my car. I shouldn't say maintain distance, just be careful and more aware, situationally aware of my surroundings. You almost have to be because it can be, you don't know what kind of person you're dealing with after you say those words, I'm going to leave. And also when you go to leave, you are a better gauge of what type of person this is. Can you do this with a friend there, some support person there, or are you going to be in danger? Will this person talk you back into the relationship if you, if you, if they have that chance, let's say that. These are things that you need to look out for and to be mindful for. And there's more, but again, I left you my number. If you want to talk by all means, there is a survivor's cafe on Facebook. I encourage you to join others. Uh, they're not very chatty, but if you have a question, you can come on saying, Hey, 
this XYZ and the other. Can anyone help me? There is support there. I do have a bunch of old, older videos from myself. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but there is other information out there. There is that you can in the search as well. You can put in there like I'm looking for a divorce. Use those keywords in order to find older messages. You can get, get great support even from reading previous posts from other members there. And it is open just for women at this time. Sometime down the road, I might make a, a special group just for men. But right now, this is just geared to the ladies. It They are from all walks of life. There is not, it's not just a Christian group. I do put some things on there that are maybe uh, verses or something that I enjoy. That's because that's my beliefs. And I don't turn anybody away. So you can be green, purple, following the sun. Uh, you can be worshiping the your toes. It doesn't matter. If you need help, if you need support, by all means, go ahead and join the group. Send me a message. I do meet up for coffee. I do have my muscle, Mr. Awesome. His name is Terry. That's my husband. And uh, he does come with me to meetings. He does come with me to coffee meetups um, because he is part of my my support also for a couple reasons. One, I most importantly, he's there in case something happens and goes sideways. Maybe a abuser follows that person that I'm meeting. And so he's there for both of our protections for that victim, survivor, and myself. And also I am a chronic illness warrior. And sometimes I just don't feel well. And driving has become something that can be a little challenging for me. I might be tired. I might have vertigo. So without getting much more into that stuff. So that's why he's there. So if you're like, wait a minute, why is this man here? He's coming with me. There is probably a handful of times when he's unable to, but most of the time he'll be there. And he also keeps that confidentiality. I'm not spreading your information all over social media. Hey, I met with Sarah Jane today and she is leaving your husband. If you see me at the store, I'm going to nod at you. I might maybe give you a little wave, but I'm not going to say anything you know, especially if you're with your partner, I'm not going to say, hey, do you know what she's doing? No, there's a confidentiality. There's also some fear there. I don't want this person, that abuser to say, so you're the person that said that my wife should leave me. Mm -mm, I don't want to put myself in danger. So it's everything's confidential. I'm happy to hold space for you. And um, if you need anything else within my power, I can help you maybe find an attorney for you or give you suggestions. Most of the time, I'm just using the Google. And sometimes if you are in that situation where someone's monitoring your internet, you can't always have that search. So and I, I encourage you to please be mindful and careful of that. But I'm happy to go ahead and find what I can. Um, do I have all the answers? No. No. And that's why I do encourage people to join the women to join the Survivors Cafe, because there is just phenomenal amount of women on there. There is life coaches. There are counselors. There are some therapists on there. There are some um, hypnotists. There's just a wide range of ladies. And just like myself, there are ladies that we all have that life experience unfortunately, of some sort of emotional trauma, whether it's a divorce where there was no abuse or it could have been a miscarriage, abortion, um, maybe another chronic illness warrior, whatever that is. So small plug for that. This is a rather long one. 
I appreciate your time and listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Please stay safe. God bless. And I'll see you back on next Sunday on Soulful Sunday. Bye.